Hope Through the Fire, a bi-weekly podcast that highlights the stories of people who have faced great trials but found lasting hope through Christ and His Word. We are Bob and Kelly, and we are your hosts as we walk through these beautiful stories of hope. God has become so real to us through some of our own personal trials, and we want to help you find that same joy even in difficult times. We believe these stories will inspire you to look for the beauty in the ashes and experience God's grace. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Hope Through the Fire podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, along with Bob, and we are so excited to be back for episode three. In the last episode, James Bell shared how he rejected atheism and accepted Christ by allowing the power of the gospel to give him a new hope. On today's episode, we're going to hear the second part of his story, and we'll hear how that same faith that God gave James for his salvation was tested in some very difficult ways. Throughout the scriptures, we see many times how God tested people's faith in extreme ways. Now, this past Sunday at our church, our pastor preached about one of those famous examples in the life of Abraham. God declared Abraham righteous, and righteous means being right with God, and he declared Abraham righteous because of his faith. But later in Abraham's life, that same faith was tested, and God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son. His son Isaac was the son who was to fulfill the promise that God would bless Abraham with a great family. And it was a great message. I really enjoyed hearing that message on Sunday. But God told Abraham to do something that made absolutely no sense, humanly speaking. He was to sacrifice his only son, the very son that God just told him would fulfill the promise that God had made with him. And as, as Isaac laid on the altar and Abraham raised his knife, An angel of the Lord stopped Abraham and said, Don't lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And what we learned in that message, that sermon that we heard on Sunday, was that God revealed to Abraham that Abraham was strong in faith. In Romans 4, verses 20 through 21, we see this testimony about Abraham. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. A few verses later, Paul wrote that the revealing of Abraham's faith was not just for him, but it was also for us. We have a a verse from Job 23 verse 10 on our website where it says, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And that that's something that Job said uh, concerning God and what God was doing in his life. You see, God took Job's wealth, his children, and even his health. His wife separated from him for a short time, and, and before she left Job, she told Job uh, to curse God and die. And so Job basically lost everything in his life. But in the end, Job realized that God was doing all these things to reveal the faith that he had in God. The times of trying will reveal the faith that God has given to us. 
And this is why we want to tell our story and hear the, hear the stories of others. We want to help reveal the faith that God's worked in our lives and the lives of others. And in episode one, we talked about a very difficult time in our own lives that happened last year, as we had the first of a series of even if moments where we had to completely trust God with our future. We wanted to quickly share the next part of that story before we hear from our guest, James. Um, when we ended that last episode, we told of a letter we sent to our former sending pastor describing a philosophical change that we had made based solely on our studying God's word for ourselves and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us. We still hold to the exact same body of doctrines, but many of the preferences and traditions that we were taught were held to the same value as some of those biblical doctrines or even the gospel. And we simply wanted to just move away from that and try to live as close as possible to God's word alone without the traditions and preferences. After having three different pastors help us to construct the letter, looked over it, helped us to make sure that it would come across in a humble and respectful way, we sent that letter praying that God would do as he pleased. The letter was intended to be a foundation that would lead to a conversation and hopefully a mutually respectful conclusion, even if we didn't agree in the end. And so we waited. Uh, Nothing happened for two months. And then the hammer dropped. And I remember this date very well. It was on December 4th, 2019. We were contacted um, first by one of our uh, supporting churches. And they told us that they had received a letter from our pastor recommending that they stop supporting us uh, based on these philosophical changes that we had made. Um, in, in the letter that they had received was the private letter that, that we had sent to our pastor along with another letter recommending that they stop supporting us financially. Uh, We were devastated, um, but because we had that even-if moment two months earlier, and we we were convinced that we were doing what God wanted us to do, and we were just putting it all in God's hands, we were able to trust God with our future. And unfortunately, in a short amount of time, after receiving many emails and phone calls and after being accused of leaving the faith because of our differences, we lost roughly 75% of our monthly financial income. And not just that, but we lost friends and people that we respected and loved very dearly. And this was such a difficult thing to go through. The one thing we've been so thankful for through all of this is that our parents and our families have been very kind and supportive through all of this, through this journey that we've been on. But sadly, the story we're going to hear today from James Bell didn't have quite the same outcome for their story. And so we want to give James plenty of time to tell his story. Well, James, welcome back. Uh, We're so thrilled to have you here to tell part two of your story. Last time we had you on, you, you were talking about how you came to Christ, you found hope through Jesus Christ. But part two is very similar to ours. Kelly and I just shared our part of our story and what God has done in our life, uh, the fire that we've gone through. And it's a little similar. Your story is a little similar to ours, but it's in a different way. And uh, you've suffered a different kind of loss, one that's a little more heartbreaking. And I was wondering if you could share with us the the fire that God used for you in, in your life and your wife's life to help reveal that faith and the, and the test and strengthen that faith that God's produced in you. Sure. Yeah, we, we started following Jesus and we were just really passionate about following Jesus. And we, you know, we were involved in ministry early on and 
it was a rescue mission ministry, homeless inner city church planning uh, ministry. And we, we thrive in that environment. But as you start serving Jesus, you start, uh, you think everything's going to go well. Like, you know, Hey, I'm following Jesus. You know, the, yeah. my father owns the universe, right? Everything's going to be great. And, um, but we quickly realized that it's not. And we, early on in our ministry, uh, we realized, you know, we saw some really some deep hypocrisy and, and uh, we were in ministry and we were in churches different almost every Sunday of the week with our ministry. And, um, you know, with just some of the things that would go on behind the scenes really started that, you know, that, oh, I don't know, how would you explain it? Just that, that question, uh, you know, maybe this is not, but we started seeing things in our ministry. And so we started really questioning a, a lot of things. And um, there was at a point in our life when we were doing in, 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 in church and in ministry that we realized that most churches were not reaching, nor did they care about like the people in the inner city. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so they were, they, they, and most of the churches had moved out of the inner city and into uh, the suburbs. And, you know, that was, we we're going to bust them in and try to get them to adapt to our culture. And, you know, and I, it was like, almost, I had flashbacks when I was a kid. It was like, no, 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 that's, that's, and uh, you know, right then, um, you know, people said, you know, said some really harsh things to us. Um, you know, you're going to throw away all of your ministry career for those type of people. Like, I'm like, wait a minute, ministry's not career, you know, and we started and, you know, so we just decided we were going to plan a church. And when we went to plan a church, it was met with opposition from church leaders. You know, you can't do this. You shouldn't do this. And um, God had opened all the doors. And so that really, uh, really kind of set the tone for us to kind of step out of a certain ministry environment. And then at that point was when we started questioning, like, because we were in kind of a, um, how would you say a, a pretty strict uh, conservative church mm-hmm. um, say it like that and you know a lot of things we just started questioning we're like are these really convictions that we believe on the bible from the bible or are they just fear of what other people will perceive about us and i think we had blended those two things and so once mm-hmm. that was kind of removed we just really started saying you know, what does Jesus truly, what does his word really say? Like, yeah. I'm going to believe his word, you know? And so we went through that and after, you know, we had really suffered all that and people pretty much forsook us and just wrote us off, wouldn't talk to us at the grocery store, mm-hmm. you know, that whole kind of shunning church discipline type of, um, uh, we just started following Jesus. But after that, you know, um, we started seeing like my grandma, really got sick. My grandma, since I had a single mom was like my mom. Mm-hmm. And so we left our ministry and we just felt like the Lord was calling us back up to Michigan. We we're going to take care of my grandmother and we were going to start a ministry up here in Michigan. And so uh, right before we left, uh, I'm going to be careful. My, my, some of my wife's family came to us and said that they had been sexually assaulted and mm-hmm. that just rocked our world. And because it, you know, had to involve other close, you know, family members and things like that. And so we moved up, we supported the girls. We went through that whole court process. And in that we lost, my wife lost pretty much her entire family because of us standing against abuse and Mm. um, assault. And then after that, my wife had a stroke we so we were voted uh, this is a lot i'm just saying we went through like years of suffering so this is like over a span of like five years 
Um, mm. We when we came up here, that was going on that court case, and then my grandma died, and but I was voted in as, as the pastor at First Baptist where I'm at now um, during that same time period. Um, but in that, there was a really difficult time. My wife lost her family, and then my wife had several strokes. And so we had several children, three children at that time. And my wife had several strokes. And then our second son had a, a brain tumor. And then we were walking through a lot of difficulty in ministry. It was more of an established older church. And we were trying to make some changes and uh, adapt to our local our culture. And um, so we pretty much lost family. We lost friends. We lost people that we did ministry together based upon a lot of philosophical changes, but also because of doing something that was right and trying to follow Jesus. And it got to a point where we're like, Jesus, we're, we're trying to follow you. And my wife's getting sick. Um, we've lost family. We've lost, we forced, you know, it's like those verses about discipleship. We've forsaken all for you. And then in return, we get, you know, like sickness and suffering And my, you know, and then uh, my wife was pregnant again with our fourth and high risk pregnancy and bed rest. And uh, then our, the, the, our newest son was born and he was in the ICU, the NICU unit um, uh, with RSV and pneumonia. We weren't sure if he was going to live right after that. And then it went right into COVID in 2020. And so we went just through like years of just wearing, you know, that deep suffering and uh, you know, but through that all, uh, you know, I look back on it now, I, I see that suffering is truly this revealer. It reveals to us what, who Jesus really is. It reveals Christ to us, but it also reveals ourselves to us, you know, where our faith, it reveals where our faith really is. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we like to substitute, um, like God being pleased with us when everything's going good. And if it's not going good, he's not pleased with us or, you know, we like to our, exchange our comfort for God's blessing. And that's just simply just not true. And the story and of so, Job proves that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, we walk through all that and then we walk through COVID as church leaders. And you got, I don't think I have to explain what that was like to lead through something like that. But, um, but coming out of it, we've learned to uh, really say what, as Job says, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Yeah. That's amazing. So you've just told of so many different ways that you all suffered. And I just can't even imagine all of those things all at once. That's just crazy. Um, but tell me what is something you saw? Like, how did you experience God's grace? We know God's grace is rich and it's deep and knows no end. So through all of that, even though you were suffering, I'm sure you felt alone at times felt like, what is God doing here? I'm sure at the same time, I know we've experienced God's grace in the middle of suffering and in the middle of tragic circumstances. How can you explain that and tell how God's grace was always there with you and how you felt that through that difficult time? Sure. And I I think a lot of times when we think of grace, we think of it as like some special force, right? Grace really is the presence of God. Yeah. And I, I think through trials, God reveals himself to us and who he is in his character. Yeah. And, um, you know, hope, you know, I think it's not this blind hope in the dark. It's a hope that um, that it's, it's a, it, to a known God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through suffering, God revealed himself to us. Yeah. And that 
is where our hope is really rooted in. It's not this, oh, I just hope in God, this general term. It's no, I, my hope is rested in God because of who he is. And I know God's good. And I know he's just, and I know he's wise, and I know he's omniscient, and I know he's all-powerful, I know he can do all things, I, I know he's sovereign, I know he's transcendent from the beginning of time to the end of time, and everything's going to happen according to his plan. And, and so, you know, I think a lot of people misplace hope. They, like, think that hope's like this cloud that's going to come over them sometime. And I'm like, no, it's actually hope is this, it's this, it's rooted in who God is. And yes. it's, and so that is really what we've learned through all this, that yeah. we really had no really idea in all those years who God truly was until we yeah. suffered. And that's all we had. And yeah. we really learned who he was. Yep. And it's a beautiful picture of God that you get in those times mm-hmm. of, of just the love and the grace and the yes. mercy that he pours out on us. It's incredible. Yeah. As you were going through all those things that you just described, um, did, did you start learning those, these things about hope and the things that you just talked about? Did that start happening early on in the experience or is that something that came much later? You know, Job, when we studied Job, it took him a while to kind of get to a certain point where he recognized who God was and his sovereignty and things like that. And um, was that similar to your, your, your experience and, or did it start happening earlier in the process? Oh, it was, it was probably not until our baby was really sick. I think before it's like you trying to just endure and make the mm-hmm. best of it. And um, yeah. Okay. Bad things happen. I'm going to trust God. You know, you'd say those really cliche things, right? but it, it, it's not until you really get to the point where you're at the end. Like yeah. I remember I would lay I, when my, finally, when our baby was sick, I, I would lay in my closet and I would just, I would give up. Like, God, I, I can't, I, I feel like I can't even get out of bed. I, I don't know the next step to take. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't see a way you can do it. I, um, and, and it, then it was like, and I remember feeling, and, and maybe this is wrong. I don't, but you know, I, God, I don't even sense your presence. God, I, if I just knew you were with me in this, I don't even know if you're with me in this. Like I feel abandoned. Like, I don't know where, and it was just, there was one time I'll never forget it where, um, God, I just knew his presence. It was like this, 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 my, I knew it in my spirit that God was with me. And it was this, the brought these verses, but it was, it was this agonizing three days of prayer. I would pray hours and just, God, I just need to know your presence. And it was just one night I was laying there and I was done. Uh, I mean, thoughts of truly giving up, walking away, all of it, uh, getting out of ministry. And I, and but God reassured me that he's with me. And I, and he, and then it was like, I just remembered, you know, God, you are good. You are kind, you are merciful. And, you know, I am undeserving of any grace yet you give it abundantly. And, 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 and I got to a point where it was like, where I, it was like, it was like, I could have said this before, like God's all I have. And that's all I need. I could have said that to you before, but I didn't believe that internally. Does that make sense? Yes. I think it was like, we're very good as Christians of saying the right things, sure. but not really believing the right things. So you experience uh, it. Yeah. yeah. And, but it was just a point where I said, God, you're truly all I have and you're all I need. And if that, if you choose to glorify yourself through my suffering, then that's your will yeah. and that's your wise counsel. God, I'm okay with that. And that was like a heart surrender thing. Yeah. And ever since then it's, it's been okay. I love it that in the Bible, we have stories of David 
and in the Psalms, so often he cries out and says, God, you're hiding your face from me. And in Job, we see so many times where he cried out, he asked God hard questions. I think God's okay with that. God is fine with us going through those difficult times. But I love at the end of Job, when Job said, I have heard of you with my ears, but now I've seen you with my eyes. And going through that difficulty and going through those trials, you see God with your eyes in a different way than you ever did when you just heard about him. Like you said, just, you say the things until you really feel it in your heart. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. you, you went through a Job experience there where you saw mm-hmm. God with your eyes for the first time for who he was. And that's, mm-hmm. it makes it worth it. It's hard to say when you're in the middle of it, but it truly makes it worth it. I think that's what we, yeah. we've been talking a lot about in past um, episodes about that. Even if moments like, you know, Hey God, I'm not in a good place right now. This is this is tough. This is agonizing. But you are still God, and I'm going mm-hmm. to still trust you, and I'm still going to take those steps of faith as you lead me through it. And uh, would you say that about that experience that you just described? Was that like an even if moment for you? Yeah. That you said, and that that's really worship. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yep. You're you know that. Right. That's an aspect of worship it's god my, i'm not on the throne you are my life is yours and that's that's authentic worship it's not yes. like i go into church and i worship no, my life's yeah my life's yours you know yes. do with it what you will and that's real worship yeah yeah amen to that I'm, <laughs> that's great <laughs> that is, that's good that is yeah. really good so i know as we went through our journey there were passages of scripture that we would just hold on to cling to. There were songs that were on our, like literally played over and over and over again. One of them being, even if mm-hmm. so many other mm-hmm. songs that God, we just needed that to feel God's nearness. I think sometimes and again, just would sit in our car and just literally just sob and sob singing mm-hmm. through these songs. Were there passages like that of scripture that you still just hold on to? I mean, I know you're still going through a lot of these trials that you just would cling to hold on to scripture songs, um, things like that, that God helped used in your life. I, I love Romans chapter eight, you know, it's really bracketed with the sufferings and the trials you're going yeah. through. And then really comes down to Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for good. Eight twenty nine. Yeah. you know, he has predestined called justified will glorify this, this transcendent verse of God. And then who's going to separate us from the love of God shall death, persecution, famines, nakedness, peril, you know, he lists everything. And it's not an exhaustive list, but basically none of this separates us from his love for us. Yes. Um, and it's proof, even though we suffer and um, that all these things ultimately do work out for good. And that mm-hmm. good is maybe just his glory. Maybe this is how God chooses to glorify himself through our lives. And, yeah. you know, that if that's our ultimate, if that's the chief end of man, that's, that's where we, it's an aspect of worship. But one song that we listen to all the time is Shane and Shane though you slay me have you ever heard that and that's that's one of my favorite songs yeah Yeah. especially the clip i think it's piper in that clip preaching about the sovereignty of god Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just always i send that to several of our congregation members when they go through something yeah i send them and just let's listen to those words and it's rich yeah well maybe there's somebody out there listening right now that you're, you're going through it. You're, you're, you're hurting. You're, you're feeling the weight of the struggle. And I, I don't know your, your difficulty out there. I just want to speak to you right now. And I want you to know that God is with you. And, and James, I thought maybe, I know this is kind of ad lib. We didn't plan this. Um, but maybe you can say a short prayer for those that are out there listening, who are going through the fire right now. 
and they don't have they have nowhere to else to turn but to God. And maybe you can say a short prayer for them and encourage them through that prayer. Do you mind doing that for us? No, that's no, that's fine. Yeah. Awesome. Father, uh, Lord, we we recognize you, Lord. We recognize that it was not us that first loved you, but you first loved us, and you have called us to yourself. And Lord, we rejoice that in the redemption. Lord, and I pray for those that will be listening to this. And Lord, whatever the trials, Lord, whatever the difficulties, suffering, could be sickness, could be terminal, um, Lord, it could be a relational, it could be marriage, it could be children, Lord, there's so many things that the layers of our life that we suffer and we have things that keep us up at night. And uh, Lord, I pray that that right now that the, these things that whoever's listening is going through, Lord, that they would not see their circumstances and lose hope, but they would see the God that controls circumstances, that you would reveal yourself to them, that they would find the resting place for hope. They would see you and all of these things. And Lord, that they would see your goodness despite the fire. And Lord, they would turn to you and rest their hope in you. And Lord, find their peace and that transcends all of our circumstances. And Lord, may you be glorified in our life through these things. In Christ's name, amen. 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 James, we have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you today. And your story has been a great blessing in my heart for these past few moments. And, and I really hope it's helped other people uh, today as, as they've heard your story. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, and we thanks hope- for having me. Yeah, thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed that. If you haven't subscribed yet, I hope you will go and subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review if you've been helped. And check out our website, hopethroughthefire.com, for upcoming info on future episodes and contact information. We'd love to hear how this podcast has helped you. And if you have a story of hope through the fire, we'd love to hear that from you. And don't forget to listen again in two weeks to hear another beautiful story of how God helps someone find hope through the fire. And turn their ashes into something beautiful. I know you're able, but I know you can.